Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Man, we got a heat wave. It's it's 20 degrees here on the Kenai Peninsula Borough. It's pretty awesome. We're soaking in the sun. And uh, I want to thank everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. And if you want to help keep the lights on here, just go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. And if you want to help sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. But without further ado, I have a guest today, a returning guest, uh, Representative Andrew Gray, who also has one of the most popular podcasts in Alaska. So kudos to you and welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, Representative Gray. Thank you so much. And thanks for mentioning my podcast. I do. I have East Anchorage Book Club which is my podcast that I have during the interim. And then during the legislature, I, I have East Anchorage Matters. And this week, my guest is Senator Shelley Hughes from Palmer. Um, I think we have a very frank, um, direct conversation about some pretty uh, big issues. I think it's a good listen, in my humble opinion. So nice. yes, thanks for mentioning that. Awesome. Well, I'll put a link to both those show, both those podcasts in the description. And I think it's great that you're having folks from the other side of the aisle on the show. I always like to have other folks' opinion on my show, and I think it's a good idea to have it on other shows. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about folks who are going to be listening in, and they're going to think to myself, um, I wonder where Andrew Gray, Representative Andrew Gray, represents. So tell folks where you represent and uh, you know what, what side of Anchorage and all that good news. Right. So I represent House District 20. That's the UMED district. So I'm basically uh, Lake Otis, Tudor, Boniface. I have um, Betty Davis East Anchorage High School sort of in my northeast corner. Um, And I go all the way down to the corner of Lake Otis and Dowling. I include uh, University of Alaska Anchorage, Alaska Pacific University. I've got Providence. I've got ANMC. So I got the hospitals, the universities, and a little bit on the south side of Tudor and mainly all, all the way up to Debar actually is how far north I go. So that kind of gives people an idea of where I am. I, I'm considered part of East Anchorage. There's basically five representatives and that are considered East Anchorage and I'm one of those five representatives. Nice. So are you enjoying it? You're what is this two years into the job? My and, second year. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I'm really glad I'm here. It's a very unusual and unexpected life experience for me. This was not where I saw my life going. But um, I am learning uh, immense amounts, and I think that um, it's that it, you know the, the work of the state is important work, and um, I it's hard work, and I am I'm happy to do it. Nice. So um, one of the committees that you're on is Veterans Affairs Committee. Talk to me about why that's important for you, for folks that don't know, and and what are some of the things you guys sure. are working on. Well, I am a, an Army veteran. I deployed with the Alaska Army National Guard to Kosovo 2019 to 2020. Um, and so um, these issues are important to me personally. 
the committee itself um, here's bills that are related to the military, um, and um, you know that's important. We also uh, hear about the budget and and the military budget for the state of Alaska, um, and we I think that's important. And we did have um, some unusual debates about the budget last year. Um, I, I wasn't planning on going there so fast in this show, but I can if you want me to. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so um, we have something called the Alaska State Defense Force, and yes. this is not part of the Alaska Army National Guard. The Alaska Army National Guard, the Alaska Air Guard are um, really, uh, we do Title 10 orders, which are federal orders, or um, Title 32 orders, which are state orders. The Alaska State Defense Force is really a state-only entity, and um, we increased their budget last year by about a million dollars, which was a very unusually large amount. And I tried to reduce that budget on the House floor last year. I tried to reduce it by about $800,000. So they still would have had a raise from what they'd gotten the year before, but not just an astronomically larger raise. And the questions that we asked in committee were, why do you guys need so much more money? And the answer was that they wanted to do additional training. Mm. And I was very suspicious about what this additional training would be. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think that there might be um, some moves to actually deploy them. I, that no one has said that. No one has so said that. So is this that. kind of like the state's version of their, an organized militia, but more, more like organized than just a, you know, you're down the neighborhood militia. It's actually funded by the state. Correct. So, so for example, um, the uh, governor is sending 20 troops and two helicopters to the border. Uh, this is on Title 10 orders. So this is federal orders. This is in support of President Biden's control of the border. Um, that will be paid for by the federal government. Those soldiers will be entitled to all benefits that any U.S. Army soldier would be entitled to. If they get injured on the job, they can uh, apply for disability through the VA system. If you're on Alaska, if you're doing Alaska State Defense Force work, then you're generally paid less. And if you were injured while on those sorts of orders, you would not be entitled to VA disability. So it's definitely a different animal. Yeah. So how important it is do you think it is to have somebody that served? the country and armed forces on the on this particular committee? Well, we have a lot of them on that committee. We have um, Representative Stanley Wright, Representative Laddie Shaw, Representative Ben Carpenter. So um, there are other veterans on that committee with me. Um, I think that's important. I think it's important to have uh, folks who have um, served before. I think that it gives you a window into um, the way the military functions that someone who hadn't been in the military wouldn't have. Nice. So one of the bills I think that was one of your most successful bills last year was HB 53, state identification cards for prisoners. I think it got unilateral bipartisan. It was unanimous. unanimous. So it, uh, I introduced the bill in the House, and then uh, Senator Rob Myers of the North, of North Pole introduced it in the Senate. Ultimately, it was the Senate version of the bill that passed both houses. So giving um, Senator Rob Myers full credit, he is credited with it's, it's, it's his bill. Mm -hmm. um, but our offices worked together on that. Um, I was very happy. What that bill did is it meant that anyone released from incarceration 
um, would have a valid state ID. And this is important because when folks get re released from prison without an ID, it's difficult for them to find housing. It's difficult for them to find a job. It's difficult for them to find a hotel room for the night. Yeah. So really, if we want to set folks up for success, we want them to be housed and employed. They need to have a valid state ID. And this um, bill achieves that. And so I'm very thankful that the governor signed it. And I'm glad that it's in law. Yeah, I think that that's a great bill uh, for folks that don't think that having an ID card is a big deal. Just put your ID card in your safe for a month and see how far you get. Around. Right. No, I know. Well, I know Like for someone like me who loses my wallet all the time, I mean, <laughs> the worst. But I, I, I will say I'm especially grateful to Senator Rob Myers because he's carrying another one of my bills this year in the Senate. I'd love to talk about that bill. That's um, House Bill 225. And what this bill does is it requires the Division of Elections to release all their ballot data the day after our election. And so the ballot data would include all the rankings. So what this would mean is that in close elections where um, with you know ranked choice voting, we would need to go to the rankings to find out who's actually in the lead. We would do all that ranking the day after the election. And rather than waiting 15 days until all ballots are received. Amen to that. Jeez, 15 days so this is crazy. Absolute, this, is, this is a transparency bill. I, I know that a lot of your listeners want to repeal ranked choice voting. If ranked choice voting were repealed, this bill would be moot. But if we keep ranked choice voting and this bill passes, then this would change the way we do our election in November 2024, in this year. We would have access to all of that the day after the election. Now, the day after the election, we're only going to have access to about 85 to 88% of the votes, just the geography of Alaska. Votes are being mailed in. Books, you know, So it's not a final. Things can change. But, you know, I, I think having having a better idea of who's really in the lead is um, important to being able to trust your election system. So I'm confident that most folks are going to support this bill. Yeah, it's just those, you know, waiting 15 days. Um it's not to say they did, you know, people are doing bad things. It's just that something bad could happen if you're waiting 15 days. And so does the division of elections think that that's a realistic turnaround to give folks, yes. you know, the next day have the data? Yes. So I worked on the bill with the division of elections. Uh, I'll, full disclosure, I made some changes based on what they said they could do. Mm -hmm. So um, we have just over 400 precincts in Alaska, about a little over 260 are have uh, ballot scanners. My bill only requires them to release all the ballot data for the scanned ballots. And that's where I get that 85 to 88% number. So all of the votes that were early votes that were voted in person that were scanned are, are is the data that will be released the day after. And that's very easy for them to do. Yeah, It does not incur any sort of fiscal note. There's no charge for this. They already have that data the day after the election. All I'm asking with this bill is that they make it public. That'll probably is the what's the scuttlebutt around town? Does it seem like it's going to get some bipartisan support? So, um, I, I, I mean, I, I have not heard from anyone that they have a problem with this bill. Yeah. Um, no matter how far from the center they are, whether it's far right, far left, most people support transparency in our elections and this bill does that. So yeah. um I I'm very hopeful. I'm I'm I I I'm waiting for my first hearing in state affairs, which is chaired by uh Representative Laddie Shaw. I have assurance that this bill will be heard there. So fingers crossed it'll be coming up soon. Yeah. And even if 
you know, the, the repealing of the ranked choice voting is a separate issue. This is going to help, I think, make things a little more transparent for the situation we're currently in right now. A hundred percent. So one of, another bill? Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the other bills that I, I think is uh gonna get some bipartisan support that you've done or or at least have signed on as a co sponsor is the term limit bill. I mean I Oh no term limit bill is my bill. Your so, bill, uh, nice. I love it. PR twelve. That's let's uh, talk about that resolution. one. So that would if that were to pass both bodies, it would go on the ballot and the voters would vote on that. I will be really honest with you, John. This is about me um, being realistic about what I can and can't do in the legislature. And I do not have Senate support for that bill, for the term limits bill. And so um, there is support for it in the House, and we could potentially do some hearings in the House. And um, I have some assurances that we could do that. The problem is, is that with no support in the Senate, it's not going to get hearings in the Senate and it's not going to go anywhere. So although I think there are plenty of folks out there who would agree that being in this building for multiple decades is not in the best interest of Alaskans. Yeah. Um, there's um, it's going to be it's a, it's a very heavy lift. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I have the political capital to do that lift right now. I'm not sure that anybody does. But um, I appreciate that you like that bill, and 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 I obviously love my bill. But, well, it'd be um, fun to at least have a hearing on it because then they the Senate could hear from, you know, at least maybe in a roundabout way hear from folks around the state that support it. But well, you know, and I'll just put it out there for any senators that might be listening. It 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 doesn't it. it the term limits would begin once that bill passed. Meaning, if you've been in the Senate for twenty years. Your 12 years would start from the moment that bill passed. So if you had 20 years already, you'd get 12 more. So it really wouldn't, it's not kicking anyone out. There's yeah, no, nobody gets not, fired day one. It's not applying one. <laughs> retroactively. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I would love to talk. I also have House Bill 298, and that one I released uh, just last week. Okay, talk to me about that one. House Bill 298 requires that we currently have signs at points of sale for alcohol that mm -hmm. warn folks about consuming alcohol if you're pregnant. What this bill would do is add a sentence that states that alcohol can cause cancer, including breast and colon cancers. And I think it's really important that folks in Alaska know this fact because lots of people don't. And this is not about drinking too much alcohol. This is about the fact that alcohol is a known carcinogen. We've known this since the late 80s. Um, it has not been very well publicized. It is a well-established medical fact. It's particularly associated with breast cancer and colon cancers, which are the two most common cancers. And I think there are a lot of folks out there who think that maybe it's just an accident of genetics if they develop one of these common cancers. But there's a way to reduce your risk, and that is to drink less alcohol. And with breast cancer in particular, one alcoholic beverage a day increase a woman's chance of, of developing breast cancer by 4%. So just eliminating that one drink a day would decrease the chances of developing breast cancer. So I think this is super important to get that message out. I don't have a lot of hope that I'm going to get that bill across the finish line, but I appreciate you letting me just talk about it for a few minutes because maybe someone will hear it and someone will choose not to have an extra drink tonight. And I think that will make a difference. So remind folks of why 
things that are in the medical field are important to you. I, I believe oh, yeah, you, I'm right? a physician you, assistant. Yeah. I worked at the Alaska VA for five years leading up before running for office. I currently work in urgent care in Anchorage when I'm not in Juneau. Um, I also served as a physician assistant in the Alaska Army National Guard. I deployed as the medical provider for the 297th Infantry Battalion uh, when we deployed to Kosovo in 2019. Um, so this is definitely my this is wheelhouse. Not, this isn't something you just Wikipedia. <laughs> this no, is this is not you... something I Wikipedia. But you know, I will say that there are plenty of folks out there who are very um, intelligent, well-informed medical providers who even some of them are surprised by this data. This is not something that we're taught in school. We're not, there's not enough talking about the fact that alcohol is associated with cancer. Um, in my humble opinion, uh, that information is not as public as it needs to be. Yeah, I'm not, I, that's, this is the first time I've heard something like that. And if, you know, I, I believe you, but I think, you know, people go look, I'm sure yeah, there's Google case it, studies American and all that Cancers, kind of stuff. Uh, American Cancer Society, yeah. like you can go to their website, they have a statement on it. Um, there's, a, there. just start Googling now, folks out there. I promise you, you will find that what I am saying is supported by hundreds of peer-reviewed studies. So let's talk a little bit about long-term fiscal plans. It's something that both sides of the aisle like to kind of talk about and scream about and point fingers. Do you think right. that, do we have hope this year for a balanced budget? What are your thoughts on, on long-term fiscal plans and this year's fiscal situation? Well, and this is where, you know, I, I am a big PFD person. That puts me at odds with the minority caucus. I am much more in alignment with folks in the, the Republican majority caucus because for me, um, balancing the budget by cutting the PFD is the worst possible thing we can do for poor people in Alaska. Poor people who, especially those living in rural Alaska, mm -hmm. depend on their PFD to pay for heating, to pay for groceries, to pay for housing. And when we cut that in half, you know, there are folks who suffer disproportionately. This doesn't affect people who make six figure incomes. If they get 3,000 or 1,000 and you know, it, 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 who cares? But when you're a low income person, that income is extraordinarily important. And so I do not support making enormous cuts to the PFD to, to, to fund our government. Amen. I what I will say, though, and, and we were getting there last year, um, you know, uh, in I'm on I serve on House Ways and Means Committee chaired by Representative Ben Carpenter of McKiskey, and we were moving towards a sales tax. We were moving towards a statewide sales tax that would generate a significant amount of money for our state government. And although a sales tax could adversely affect poor people, not as much as cutting their PFD, but could. Um, I believe that we can make some common sense exemptions for that sales tax, which would make it less harmful to poor people, you know, exempting basic groceries, toiletries, things like that, not taxing those basic necessities. Um, however, that froze. And, and, you know, the governor was going to bring forward a sales tax and it never got brought forward. And I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for them. I don't know why that stopped. But I'm telling you this. I would have voted yes on that sales tax. Because Alaska needs a steady, reliable income stream. And the uh, getting depending on oil and gas, 
It goes up, it goes down. It is not reliable. Depending on our uh, what, what we get back from the permanent fund, our earnings on the permanent fund, you know, the market's up, the market's down. We cannot rely on it. We need something that is a reliable, steady income stream to support our state government, and we don't have it. I, I, I mean, I know I'm at odds with a lot of your listeners, but, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm okay with the tax. And the Republicans were bringing forward a sales tax, and I would have voted yes on it, and I don't know where it went. So is it tough being the kind of um, only man that wants the full permanent fund? I think it's you and Willikowski probably on the Democrat side, maybe a couple No, of actually, East Anchorage floats as a block. East Anchorage is the lowest income part of Anchorage. And so um, I'll just name them off. Genevieve Mina, <laughs> she votes for a high PFD. Cliff Grove votes for a high PFD. Donna Mears votes for a high PFD. Those are the four Democrats we have. Stanley Wright, he's a Republican. He votes for the high PFD. So it's We're not just you. We're the five representatives for East Anchorage. We vote as a block with the majority on that PFD. So, I mean, because we are voting in the best interest of our constituents. Yeah. Well, I think that that's commendable. You know, I, I agree with you on the permanent fund. I, I know people whose families, that's what they use for their income for the year. And, um, you know, for folks that are in the state capitol building, a permanent fund's not a big deal. It's maybe go buy a PlayStation or whatever for folks that rely on this, it's food, shelter, and energy for them for the year. So um, I think that you're on the right track with those thoughts. Um, Thank you. Any any other big goals for this year? You talked a lot about the bills that you're excited about. Um, Do you have any other big goals for yourself for this year? I mean, it's an interesting thing being in the minority because we can't, you know, it's unlikely that minority members are going to pass a lot of bills. But what we can do is we can amend other bills. We can have our voice be heard. We can sort of, you know, guide legislation. We can make subtle changes. I, I, I mean, little foreshadowing. I know this is probably going to come out before judiciary happens today. There are some big amendments happening in judiciary today to a, a governor's uh, bill. Um, I, I have a, an amendment happening today that could be very consequential. Uh, fingers crossed, I get that amendment through. Um, so I, that's something that I, I want to keep my mind on is that even as a minority member, I can have a very positive effect on the future of Alaska. And that's what I keep my mind on. Nice. Well, hey, John, I yes. want to thank you so much for having me back on Must Read Alaska podcast. Um, I think it's really important for people to break out of their silos and, you know, speak across the aisle. I'll I'll just say that I voted for Sarah Vance's uh, election reform bill last week. Um, This was me putting my money where my mouth is. (laughs) I will vote across the aisle. I will vote for a bill if it's a good bill that's in the best interest of Alaska. And what I I just want to put that out there that I, I I'm I'm voting on issues. I'm voting on what legislation does, not on who brings it forward, not on whether there's an R or a D or an I after their name. And I hope that, you know, your listeners will support their representatives to do the same, because I really think that's how we do what's best for Alaska, is being willing to vote for what's right, no matter who's bringing it forward. Well, I I love your thought. And I want to thank you for coming back on the show. You're welcome back anytime. 25 minutes has gone by in a flash. Any last minute thoughts here before we head out? The floor is yours. No, I'll just say that, I, you know, Shelly Hughes was on my podcast this week. Last week, I had CJ McCormick, who's a Democrat on in the House majority. 
that's a, a really good episode. And then the week before that, I had Liesl McGuire, who um, former rules chair in the Senate, Republican representative from South Anchorage. I think that is a fascinating interview, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so I would just say for your listeners, there's some particularly good episodes in the last couple of weeks um, that I would recommend to them. And I'm so grateful for you letting me plug that. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put the links in the description. And for folks um, that listen, watch, and read Must Read Alaska, I want to thank you. If you want to help keep the lights on, just go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. If you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, email me, John and at mustreadalaska.com. If you just caught the tail end of this, I want to encourage you to go back and listen through the whole thing. Representative Andrew Gray talks about what he's doing here in the legislative, some awesome bills that he's kind of got behind. And the fact that he sticks up for a full permitted fund is pretty great. So uh, we wish you nothing but success here from Must Read Alaska. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Representative Gray.